1: I just had to go ask my parents to watch something on actual TV and not on Peacock because the internet was lagging.
2: <laughs>
1: I was <Wow>. like, "Please!" <laughs>
3: I actually love that for uh, you. That's hilarious. Uh, hey, I'm doing a thing. Can you stop doing whatever your yeah. thing is?
1: Hey, they love listening to the, <laughs> the podcast, so I was oh, like, "Oh, that's y'all, awesome." Y'all need to. Let oh, me that's do terrifying. This. <laughs> do I need to? Do I
3: need to watch my language?
1: I mean.
4: Or- no. <laughs> Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today.
5: Is that a Ramona. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Busy is gone. Yeah, Busy is
3: gone. What? Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew could follow me at Astetka. you can follow us at tottenham depot follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok got a loaded pod for you today after manchester city 2 tottenham hotspur 3 uh just a, just another exciting game at the at Etihad. The N- nothing nothing to it right just a, just a casual saturday evening up in the northern part of the country and spurs just going and winning weird ass games away to manchester city Uh, joined on this one by a plethora of tottenham depot members we'll start by throwing it out to my man dakota at dakota j booth dakota how's it going my friend
2: uh oh you know just the positivity positivity proselytizer here but it should be easy to do this week right
3: yeah you would think so easy easy for you to say as well uh caroline is also with us man yeah it is it is man i I hear you caroline's also with us at cg stefco caroline how's it going
1: i'm good i can't promise i'll be coherent either because i'm still giddy all these hours later
3: (laughs) yeah it is a few hours after the match uh we're recording this late late on a saturday night uh here in the states and even later really earlier i'd say uh, because uh shuban is with us at the real shuban it is the middle of the night in the uk but he has woken up to podcast with us because he's just he's just that kind of guy
4: Yep. Yeah, good morning and um yeah although we're is um kind of hitting the uk fraudula had you know, had fortunately a hurricane hit for piss off your your, your slave owning or, or you work slave owning cunt
3: <laughs> shuban is awake Let's just put it that way. He is awake. And and yes, a Harry Kane did hit Fraudiola as well. Uh, Scott is also with us at DSM Spurs, and he's joined by his lovely wife wife Kat. She is at Africa Spurs. How's it going, guys?
5: Tottenham fucking played the day, baby. Nobody had to tell me that shit.
0: I am so pumped. We have City's number this season, guys. We have the number. They cannot tell me nothing. The hologram fans, the ones that don't exist, the one and two that, you know, they mic up at the stadium. It don't matter. But anyway, they cannot tell me nothing this season. We have their number. That's all I got to say.
3: Tis true. Tis true. It's the first. uh, I I heard this on on the, the broadcast, and I... I can't remember the year, but I think they had said it was the first double that Spurs have pulled off a defending champion since nineteen eighty-six or, or thereabouts. Like I can't it was definitely the late eighties.
4: 87. It was the David Pleat um season. The one well the, the, the only whole season, I think I think Clive Allen scored in that year. I remember I, I was just a Wayne then and um it was yeah, we beat Liverpool, which was so rare. And this was the, the season after Ice or so. Liverpool weren't really the Liverpool that they, that they were the year before obviously like, pretty you know post high school but yeah so they've done the double over the, you know the you know over the current champions and possibly could be the champions coming up I, the funny thing is I a friend of mine's a, a mate of mine's a Liverpool fan and he he rang me when um Kane scored the third and he was like he was like me don't screw it up don't screw it up so I texted him saying and he, because he went into prayers, I said, "Mate, we lost four free. And then he was like, <laughs> "And then he was like, what?" And he was like, "And he actually tried checking out." And he's like, and "He was like, what the hell?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I thought, yeah. I mean, if you can't fuck a liberal fans in that moment, when can you fuck with them? You know I mean, that's that's I mean, a fantastic,
3: fantastic story, Xu, but I love that so much for you, and um, and and good on him for for having a moment of panic because let's be honest, I think we were all thinking what the worst could happen um for, for for context for you all my 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 compatriots here uh watched the game live I did not watch the game live today uh many saw on on the social media as I, I was playing golf earlier today had it scheduled for a while out and forgot that we were playing Saturday this week normally we play Sundays so uh that's what happened y'all I, I was able to, to to keep social media blackout and watch this game as if it was live uh just on my my dvr later in the day and came back in to join you all in our group chat and and y'all were having a good time so i'm mm-hmm. gonna start dakota before we dive in like which is what did that all feel like because i mean y'all were watching this thing kind of i think we all tend to watch games on social media as well when we're when we're doing this kind of thing or in a group chat like like we are in um had had to feel pretty good to, to to be able to celebrate this one right
2: man well i hope that uh today's not an example but my internet is notoriously bad so i'm usually a couple minutes behind all of the social media based on my streams so i similarly do a social media block blackout hit you guys up in at halftime so I got to enjoy this one fully um, when we, we scored our second goal to take the lead back. Um, I was celebrating with my nine month old son and he loved it until we were done celebrating. And then he cried because we, we overdid <laughs> it. We did it too much. Um, so I cel- I celebrated uh, solo for the third goal. Um, and he's recently learned how to clap. So in the middle of my celebrations, he starts clapping, and it was the greatest thing ever. But yeah, I was sweaty, I was out of breath, I felt like I had just played in that match. Um, but yeah, it was it, it it was a great a great match, uh, a great way to losing streak, um, a great way to have a first start in the Premier League for Dekey Uh and hopefully some confidence that these these lads can build on, uh, and that we as fans can build on, and stop being mean to each other on the internet.
3: Let's dive in on that lineup. Um, that's a, by the way, that's a really good that. That's a point we're going to allude to for for a little bit later on in the podcast because we've got a lot of talk, lots to talk about. Uh, you, if you're if you're listening to this, you probably saw the runtime. It's going to be a long, likely a little bit of a lengthy one. Um, let's start by looking at that lineup because I was, you know, I was lingering early on and saw the lineup and was like, okay, I kind of like that. Um, Cesnian on the left because Regian uh, tweeted out he had COVID. Um, we knew there was one player going in that, that, that was going to not be traveling with COVID. It happens to be Sergio Reguilón. Um, that, that Davies, Dyer, Romero, back three, and then Royale on the right. And then that midfield is, is, is what I want to dig into. And we will, but Benton and there's been a lot of talking points. And then the front three, Sessegnon, Kane, and, and Kulisevsky. Um, Caroline, what was your, I guess, just gut reaction to this lineup once we've kind of found out everything and new Dyer was going to be returning, but then we, you know, we get Hojbjerg back in instead of winks from, from earlier. Um, just what did you make of the whole thing and, and Kulisewski getting his first full start as well?
1: Yeah, I think that with the exception of maybe Reggian, uh, instead of Sessegnon, this is probably going to be our ideal lineup going forward. Uh, I, I was happy to see Kulisovsky get his first start. And I think he definitely had his best game so far with us. I was, you know, pretty pleased with how he played. Um, he could have had two assists today if that uh, second, you know, would have been second Kane goal had actually counted. Um, he was great. And I felt like the team had a pretty good balance today. It was good to see Dyer back um, in that central center back role. I think that was a big boost um, to our defense. And, you know, yes, we did concede two goals, but one of them was a penalty and one of them was, unfortunately, another Hugo Lloris kind of error, uh, which was unfortunate to see. But other than that, I mean, the defense was pretty solid. I, I never felt like they had any huge chances besides those. So, yeah, I, I hope that our defense continues to improve over the next – Few games because that was just a painful part of the last, you know, last few games.
3: Siobhan how did you feel about this lineup? Because the, uh, to me, the big talking point that we've been having the last few weeks is is the midfield and kind of what you do with with this, three you know, this kind of three four three setup where you're going to have two midfielders in that, and and, and which combination uh, is the one? I thought, you know. I thought there was it, – it, it's tough to, to make a judgment call against a team like City and the way that they play, but I thought Hoybier and Betancourt, like, despite them turning the ball over a lot today, it seemed like they did a lot of good things as well.
4: Well, I thought that I think – although I hate to agree with Dean on, on anything, 3-4-2-1 um, I mean, allows you to play like a, a, a compact box. So it relies on the two number 10s being both very defensive and offensive when they need to be at the same time. So therefore, those four can outnumber the midfield three, but it relies on them working very, very hard as a unit. And I think we saw that cohesion. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously City had their game midweek, but they what which wasn't really that taxing, and that's basically City have so much depth they could play what three first eleven. That's just how good they are. And just in terms of the sheer depth. But you had Conte who basically had a week to really drill the crap out of these players. And it really was. And he saw him do this at Chelsea, to be fair, when you know, they didn't have any European games. He could basically drill them and drill them and drill them and drill them. Um, and I thought, yes, we'll talk about Kudashevsky, um, his, his, his attacking output. But the defensive work that he did is very underrated. And we forget, and we, we love, we love Ericsson for all his assists. But Ericsson, all the running he did, all the pressing, maybe not the most effective pressing, he's in the biggest guy. But just by doing that, it forces players to have less time on the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, you look at that. I mean, obviously, I was a bit worried about Sessegnon because obviously, how is his confidence going to be? Because obviously, he'd he'd been pulled off last week. And I don't think he had a brilliant game, in all all fairness. Emerson, look it says so much that Man City just so said, yeah, let them have the ball. Yeah, you want the ball, you have it, have it, have it. But I do think if we can work out those kinks on, on the width and make us, and, you know, force us to be a bit more effective, you know, I think we can do something. I mean, like, I, I wasn't looking at thinking, oh, my God. I mean, people give Harry Winks a lot of shit and they go going to But I think it was more balanced. I mean, you need someone who's going to graft. I mean, Harry Winks can graft and we've seen him do that. But it just Bentoncourt was looking at Bentancur get the ball away. I think Hoyberg yeah, you was know, able to get the ball away. But Heubier is more likely to win the ball back. Bentoncourt is a unit. He's six foot two, six foot three. Absolutely, Yeah, you know, he's not exactly a small guy, and he he was done. He, I think he stood up effectively to, I believe it was Rodri in the midfield, and who was Gundogan. I forgot who was the third midfielder was probably De Bruyne, I guess. Yeah. So I think. You've got that physicality. I mean, that's something that, I mean, obviously he's not on here, but I think that um, Scotty will have, will have heard do, do, you, Juve um, Dave, like it's lyrical about how good, you know, Benton Corr is, but just physically, how much, how much, how he is. When we forget, I mean, was it was it three weeks ago or two weeks ago? They, you know, both Bilashevsky and Benton have joined. I mean, I, I don't know how much. I mean, obviously, Kulishevsky probably speaks English. I don't know how much English Bennington speaks. So, and he's getting used to the Premier League. It's so much more physical. And we've seen some players, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can talk about it this way, but players who've come over from the Spanish League or from France, not do that well for us. But as soon as they're back in their own leagues that they've done so well in, they, you know, they're they you know, they're, they're killing it. But it, there is an adjustment which we have to which we have to take into account.
3: it's it's interesting you bring up the point about the midweek because it just so happened that european games did come back this week and had spurs not had a COVID outbreak and been forced to forfeit that last group match and fall out of the the europa conference league you know spurs would have been playing midweek in in a a europa conference league game Mm -hmm. um but that time that they didn't have to play that game allowed them to to properly, you know, prepare. Um, you also brought up the wing backs, and and I, I wanted to praise the wingbacks because I thought they both played in, in what we all knew was not going to be a back three. Truly, it was going to be a back five that at times even turned into a back seven, as they joked many times on the broadcast. Um I thought the wingbacks were especially very good defensively and 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 in outletting and just clearing the ball and hoofing it even sometimes when it needed to be but in talking about the defense i want to i want to get to scott because your boy dyer came back today and boy does it look like those center backs just click when that guy's back does it not yeah it does man
5: i'm glad you beat me to it because i was i i wanted to jump in and say that everything today started with that back three and i think it starts with dire of course right to your point but the, i'm excited about that that back and obviously the back three i'm talking about the three center backs right it's a 5-7 and 11 at times whatever it is right that that, that 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 those three center backs we often talk about as fans oh when when this guy beds in and these these two are clicking oh this will be our awesome lineup someday and that shit never happens right but as soon as we all figured out how good Davies is going to be under Conte, we all said, ooh, Davies, Dyer, Romero is going to be money, right? And we finally have that. Um, and not only do we have them fit, Conte's had some time to get it worked out. And dare I say the Dyer injury maybe even helped expedite that process, right? I'm sure they were doing a lot of work behind the scenes with Dyer to get him ready to come bet in between those two, right? So it all started with them today. And I can start with the wingback situation. Sessignon, right? Sestinian doesn't need to come in today and do anything other than be a nuisance. Like he just needs to keep that city busy and let Kane and Son score goals. He did that today. And he's going to be better going forward than Reguon is. Siobhan has said it very well before. If Reguon isn't fast and left footed, he's just kind of an average guy who probably plays for like Brighton, right? But like, He's at Spurs right now, and he was at Madrid f- for a while. And I think that's a huge piece of that. But I think is going to be a little bit more of a threat or a danger to the opponent, right, if we can get him bedded up. And Reguilón's a better footballer now. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to pick on him, man. But um, just with what we're trying to do, Sess makes sense. And I think we kind of saw that today. But that back three just allows you to play Sessegnon and not need Reguilón to play, right? And that back three probably makes you a little more confident to bring Doherty on instead of, you know, Emerson, who's a little bit more of a right back than a wing back. Um, Emerson's a great right back. But if you can get a guy like Doherty on and afford him a little bit less defensive responsibilities with a back three like that, you're in better shape. And I think we saw Conte able to do that with a substitution. And then to the midfield, you always need defensive midfielders, but you need A really really organized back three behind them in order for them to be effective. And we haven't seen skip, and that's been hurting us, but Dyer coming in to to, all the way back to your point to begin this rant, allowed those two to play better. And when all of those guys are playing well, Kane and Son can just go go play, which is what we saw today, too, right? Um Kulisevsky as well, who I could go on and on about. Um, I will say before I before I give it up to someone else with Kulisevsky. The one point, and if I don't say it now, I'll forget it. The way he dribbles forward is so much more patient and elegant. Like, Lucas can't do that. Lucas beat you with with pace and, like, just being super quick and explosive, right? But he doesn't have that patience to, to carry the ball forward and just wait for things to happen around him. He makes things happen, and people have to respond to what Lucas does, where Kulisevsky – Is the total opposite, and he's willing to let guys make movements around him and just be patient while he moves the ball forward. So, I think we kind of found a gem in that kid, and I'm, you know, I I never doubted him. I think there's a reason Juventus was adamant they signed him, you know, a year, eighteen months ago, whenever it was. But um, that's the one thing I think that he's bringing to the team right now.
3: I'm I'm glad you bring up Kulusevski because I wanted to get to kind of how this game played out, and the first half can really, I mean it could really be boiled down to two two moments and it's the two goals you know we get um the the early goal within the first 5 minutes it's kulusewski and it's cat it's honestly like just pinpoint tottenham counterattacking football you know King gets the ball outlets it to son who breaks away and you think oh he's just going to curl this puppy into the top corner but instead he makes a really nice pass to kulusewski and let's let's hammer down on Kuliseski, His his first full premier league start his first goal for the club, I watching the game thought Kulisewski of the front three was doing the least. But also I think that was just kind of, you know, Scott praised his defensive work, too. I mean, that that was part of it. He you know, he there were opportunities I saw basically when Emerson got the ball for him to break and maybe go for something and he wasn't doing a lot of that but he was pretty much doing everything else and and who knows maybe that was a directive but what did you like out of this this guy and and specifically the the way that that first half played out with them getting getting the goal early and we'll we'll come on to the to the concession here in a minute
0: um I mean the main thing I loved about it is that um Kuluseski kind of took advantage of what Kane was doing you know whether yeah. he was he was dropping deep, making one or two passes, he was always, you know, at the either at the second or the third pass from, from what he was doing, um, considering they were supposed to be playing up front all three by themselves, you know. And the fact that he was allowing Kane to drop deep. I mean, Kane just obviously had a, a beautiful fucking game. Like he yeah. was playing he was playing a number nine and a number 10, and he was still having a fantastic game in both positions. So he just, I, he, I mean, for me, he was man of the match, but it's just mostly also just that link up play that he had with with, with certain players like Kuliseski, and Kuliseski was more linking up with, um, with Kane and with Roy, uh, Emerson. Emerson had a, also a great, great game. Like yeah. I normally yeah. give him a lot of stick, I'm, he's not my favorite player by all means but like i could feel that today he was one of those players that was actually fighting for the badge you know um and i i'm i'm truly like i i'm proud like i he was making those runs even though he was not beating his man but you could he was you could still still tell that he was trying to be that defensive person and still like create chances even though he's there like i mean emerson try to score from like what 30 yards out did you see that shot and I was like what what are you okay that's a good hit that's a little ballsy it was close but I was like okay you know I was like that that, this is the kind of game we're having you know and and I always felt that we have City's number and this game kind of solidified that like we definitely have City's number and no matter how much all these other teams think like I'm gonna say this with my chest, like we have City's number. It's been many, many seasons that we have played. I mean, I had fans at the at the bar we were at that were wearing the the jerseys of the um what's that? The final we were playing against. It's not the final. It was the semi final. We we're playing against City, and we knocked them out. You know, they were wearing those jerseys like proud. And and I still feel like City is one of those teams that um we've struggled against them for many many years and now it's one of those things that we just like we can figure it out we're just way too fast for them. like our pace behind like running in behind we're, we're always like so narrow you know when you when when you get the ball in the middle we're always trying to find those different passes and people running back from behind um your kules your cane creating those 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 opportunities so like that's the only i wish we could do that with all the teams but for some reason it just seems like city is the only team that that works for us the rest of the other teams we play they just figure it out but somehow like city cannot figure that out so i mean it is what it is i'm glad we won and um it's just one of those wins that we're gonna have for the season and win or lose, however the season goes, it's just going to be one of those wins that we're just going to look back and be like, that's that's the win for the season for me, for sure.
3: No, There's no doubt about it. And, you know, it, there were even comparisons drawn to that to that Champions League uh, quarterfinal from a few seasons ago. I mean, it, it was kind of crazy there at the end, uh, especially with, with VAR reviews and everything else. Um, let's – all right, so that the first goal – the first half to me played out kind of almost after you get the early goal – Spurs kind of bet in. I mean, they really did that for for the entire rest of the game, even um except except when they were able to break. But Dakota, let's talk about the City's equalizer. Um, with with Gunduan getting the, the the cleanup on the on you know. And Caroline mentioned it earlier. It's another it's another bad Hugo mistake, and and we just kind of have to acknowledge that. And I I still don't think we're at a point where, um you know, we're in any kind of panic mode about Hugo or there's any kind of worry, but we're starting. I, they say these goalkeepers, you know, when, when they hit a cliff, they hit a cliff. I don't think that's what we're seeing with Hugo. I think we're just seeing one of his stretches of two or three games that he's not, you know, incredible, incredible, even though he made what was possibly the, the greatest save I've ever seen in this game uh, later on. But, but the the goal he gave up, let's start there.
2: Yeah. Uh that's what I was just gonna point to was that save that he made later in the match against Gunwan. Is that like a keeper who is falling off of a cliff does not make that doesn't make that right, Um, exactly. So you know, Hugo I think is is good for you know three to five of these mistakes a season because of kind of just the style that we play. I mean, we fight like twenty three shots today. And same uh, last week, he faced over 20 shots. So you can't play all of those perfectly. The problem that Hugo has created is we expect him to, which is a really great problem. Um, but when he makes those mistakes, uh, they they just come to a shock <laughs> to us. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that, that Hugo is anywhere near falling off a cliff and look at the rest of the game to to kind of make the case for that um and hey you know he's gotten most of the handful of mistakes he's going to make in a season out in two games so let's look at at, you know the trajectory and know that he be the hugo that we're used to seeing the rest of of the season and hopefully for these last two seasons that are on his contract, and if he still is, let's sign him up for more seasons because uh, he's a World Cup winning captain and he demands a certain level of of play. And I think maybe finally we're we're finally gonna reach that that expectation that Hugo meets so often with his national team. But yeah, I obviously you you'd love Hugo to catch that ball, um, and I think just like the punch. Against Wolves, eight nine times out of ten, he's going to catch that ball. This just happened to be the one that he didn't. And Gundogan was in the right place as he is so often. That guy is such an incredible footballer. Um, so yeah, it is just kind of a bad luck of a draw. But I I'd, I I would have been fine going into halftime with a draw if they had scored any other way. <laughs> that felt it felt a little bit like we gave him a cheap goal. And yeah. kind of left a sour taste in, in my mouth. And I think maybe the rest of the squad felt that same way because they they came out of halftime with purpose and, and looked like they were really intent on carrying out the game plan that Conte had set up for them. Uh, just yes, one more quick note about Kulisevsky and the way he played today. He had several recoveries. So if that doesn't tell you what a clear directive he was given by the manager today, I don't really know what else will. Because that's a yeah. pretty pretty mindset of, I know I, you're win us the ball back, please.
3: Yeah, I think my frustration came from, from seeing, like watching the game and saying, you know, seeing one of our defenders, specifically, you know, Emerson or maybe it was one of the midfielders, gobble up the ball and seeing him with an opportunity to break down, so down the touchline. Any, any, and he wasn't was going to say do, he wasn't doing it.
1: Yeah. His pace, yeah, it was, I told y'all the first was, game he played was, for us that pace was going to be an issue with him. Um, and I, I mean, that's something that is not necessarily easy to improve upon. No, <laughs> even no. with the best conditioning. But I do think he did a better job today of working around that weakness of his and maximizing the skills that he does have. Yeah, and I wanted to personally call out his crosses today. Um, especially the one for our final
3: goal was just Mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Well, and especially I think, isn't there a slight injury history with, with too. I think he had some, some knee or or hamstring stuff in the past. So that, that, that could have a, a a bearing on uh, some of the, the, the sprint speed stuff. (laughs) But I was just like, there's there were opportunities to go. And I was like, why isn't he going? This is the counter attack. Let's make it quick. But, but for the most part, that's what Spurs were able to do. And they did it again for that second goal. They, they they they're they able to get themselves into a position and it's it's son to Kane and I guess you know the one thing we'll say that they, they tied for the most uh, goal combinations in Premier League history with this goal we talked a little bit before we started recording about wait a second I remember when they got to within this mark but they they got to within one of tying it it feels like it was a while ago when we went back and looked and it was Newcastle in October which You know, it feels like another world to be, let's be honest. Like that feels like, and it kind of is in in Tottenham Hotspur timeline. Um, It's like another world of, of when that, that, that one happened. But um, you know, Caroline, what can, what else can you say about Kane and son and the way that those two guys just got in the kitchen and and cooked a a delicious meal today?
1: (laughs) I'm just happy that it seems like they're back to having their like uncanny mind meld connection. That we saw last season you know pretty on like a pretty good sustained period of time they were you know assisting each other every other game um i would love if they could get back to that this season and it also just made me happy to see them both smiling uh <laughs> i know we've talked so much about like you know kane is back and like he definitely is but moments like the ones we had today seeing how much it meant to him to score seeing him celebrating with the away fans it was just huge and y'all know that i'm like son's number one fan so i was thrilled that he got two assists today and i don't want to hear any Sonny slander on twitter
3: no there and there nor nor should there be um after spurs took that lead back um i was this is this is when you're you're playing a team like city and you kind of start to feel that 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 gut punch coming um, and that's what I was feeling for you know the next 30 or so minutes. Um, but what I really appreciated about this match and, and you know we could we can come on to the, to the goal ruled out. I, I you know I didn't I think I saw one replay of the, there was a well off, them being well off sides in the buildup. That was news to me. I was celebrating when we got what I thought was the third goal, um, thinking okay, this thing's locked up. But the thing I wanted to talk about for a moment here and Shuban, I'm gonna come to you on this the thirty minutes or so between Spurs' second goal and when city eventually equalized on the penalty, there was a, a massive amount of shithousery from Spurs that I loved time wasting, you know, picking up cynical yellow cards, just doing whatever they could to to bite and scratch and claw for for a victory that came in a in a different way than we thought it might, but holding on to that lead until. The unfortunate penalty incident, which we'll come on to, but those thirty minutes or so, what did what did you see? Because I saw a team that was doing all it could to just shit house their way to a two-one win.
4: There was one moment I don't know if, if you saw this. Um, there was a foul by um, I think everyone saw the foul by by Ho-Hoy-Bier. but then you see like De Bruyne push him, and yeah. he looked as if honestly, I, I, I don't think he gave you guys watched the Kel Brook. MA vibe. five, honestly, it's as if he's if he got punched by like a like a heavyweight boxer or something. He went down like uh, you know, he literally every time he could chance he would you'd go down, he'd like, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, I uh, maybe I'm gonna say this. I it's something that and maybe I'm being xenophobic saying this. I remember years ago when England were doing this, and like and then like it was like it was a very people were very critical about England doing this and like we would pretend to be injured when we weren't just to avoid just to kill just to, like just to get just to kill the game or something. Sure. Just to get a few minutes. And like, you know, and it was all that kind of stuff. Now I can very zero 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 open generic, I would think any people would never do that. I think they definitely would. I I, I know I certainly would. But at the same time, this is you you're playing city who have got absolutely every advantage in the book, who can who can literally I mean, like, I, I think Jack Grealish, I, I don't know if he's injured or not, but they've got a hundred million pound player who he may be injured. I don't know. If, was he even on the bench? Jack Grealish? I don't know if he was on the bench or not.
3: Uh I don't see him listed on their bench. No. It looks like so he, has
4: a, can, he has a shin injury right now. But yeah, but they're, they're, they can literally afford to leave a guy. Well, you know, obviously he's injured, but they can afford to not to be able to you know, use him because they've got so much depth. Right. now you have to play to your strengths. Conte is like, you know, I don't want to say the master of the dark arts kind of thing, that whole UV I think it's a very tight cliche and I'm, and I'm, I am very tired myself, so I don't want to use that. But at the same time, you know, I don't think it was, there was shit but I don't think it was as, I, I don't know, like the cynical as what you'd see from Juventus or stuff like, you know, those kind of sides. I think, Yes, there were moments they went down. I think Emerson went down and he was like claiming a head injury or something. Well, he and did that- He
3: did get hit in the back of the head. I mean, I saw that. Yeah, yeah.
4: And so, I mean, obviously, my, my feet wasn't great. So, you know, so, yeah, you know, like I said, if you went down, you got hit in the head, yeah, go down. down. I mean, you know, take it. Sometimes, well, yeah, just, it's like a boxer. It's like a yeah. boxer. Sometimes you don't need a standing eight count, but sometimes you just need to take that eight count to get your breath back to get back into that fight. And, that's what and that's This was a this was a toe to toe slugging match, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, Derek Chazura took the piss at Noel Gallagher. I was took them, took them in Sheffield. Just to take, just to add to that, so yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, I love I love I, know, I, I love Noel Gallagher, but you know what? Any chance you get to piss off those those manks, take it. Th- <laughs>
3: I, I actually, everything you said about the, the you know, the quote unquote shit her that's, that's what I loved. It's funny when, when Kane got hit in the back, I thought, oh, is he really hurt? Did something really happen? And they showed the replay and maybe something did, but he ran right back out on the pitch. I don't know whether he was just trying to waste more time or not. Uh, that, that can be between Harry Kane and, and, you know, whoever Harry Kane prays to or whatever, but like, That kind of thing I loved. I I loved seeing it if it was shithousery. I loved Hugo You know, falling on the ball. I mean, Hugo picked up a yellow for time-wasting, and that was with like 10 minutes to play still. So these guys were, to me, it was just kind of an all-on-board of we're going to get this, this dub. And granted, as we'll come on to, it didn't come in the most conventional of ways, but it was still really well done.
5: Yeah. No, honestly, I think the the biggest thing about what you just said, it being such a well-done win, we came back from adversity two times, you know, twice. And we just fucked up twice in the past two matches before this or the previous two matches before this. We needed today to build off of it. And I think Conte will have been speaking with the team a lot about focusing for 90 minutes and what that requires. And, you know, he's – He's kind of confirmed what fans have seen that there's just you know lo- momentary lapses in concentration from the back, and it's really as simple as that. And today we can really build off off of you know what we did to show that we're moving past those mistakes. But I will say too, the three points kind of washes out at least one of those losses. You know, it really does. We went up to the Etihad today, so um, it's a it's a really big win for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, kind of to your point and what I wanted to bridge the gap to was that the, those two moments of fighting back from adversity, especially from Kulusevsky being involved in, in not only the first goal, but that's that, that winning assist, which I think we have to give a lot of credit to Pratichy. And I wanted to make this point at some point so I can slide it in now. But Pratichy, Conte, Levy, Enoch, you know, whoever, right? We have to give some credit to these two signings. We know that we have to flip this team quickly. So if we're not bringing in guys to play in week three against City at the Antihad, then what, what are we doing? Right. Like we we can't bed guys in over time right now. We just don't have that luxury. Right. So Conte and Pratichi, and this is straight from the mouth of Juve Day, which I if anyone wants to be introduced to Juve Day, let me know the guy is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to soccer, Italian soccer, especially like he really knows his shit, but he tells me all the time, Conte Pratiti, Pratiti, especially are going to go after three types of guys, older heads who are mature and can give you a good 55 minutes, right? Like a Vidal, which we know we were linked to at some point. They're going to go after young guys who are very talented, but haven't quite broken through and might be, you know, available based on, you know, various reasons, Kulisevsky or guys who are very talented at very specific things would have been kind of phased out because they're not as talented as these well-rounded guys who are coming into the squad. So Bentiker wasn't getting a ton of minutes, right? He's a Juventus, but he's still a very, very good ball progressor, which we needed. So we went after and we went out and got guys that were available who solved some like quick needs, right? We need center backs and whatnot, and those will come. But those two signings, I think the fact that they started at the Etihad and beat City, you know, and snapped a huge winning streak or non-losing streak from them at least, right, Um, speaks very highly to the window we had. So there's so much discontent with the window we had, and I think today kind of put some of that to rest too.
3: We're certainly going to come on to the to, to to a little bit more of that stuff once we kind of get through the rest of of talking about this game. But I, I the the point I want to pull out from that is you talked about this win kind of washing out one of the losses. The other thing I think it kind of does is it really gives you a leg up on the teams around you fighting for 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 fourth, the Arsenal's, the West Ham's, the Man United's, because none of them are doing the double over City this year. All of them have already lost a game. Uh, the only team, as Caroline noted to us earlier, the only the only other team that beat City in the first half of the season was Crystal Palace. And that was in fact their last Premier League loss, I think, back in October. Um, so th- there ain't a there ain't another team getting six points off City. That's that's your Tottenham hotspur. Yeah, we just gotta um, take
5: points from those teams is the issue. And and we we yeah. have dropped some, but there's still more available too, right? So it's just Going forward, Conte will certainly be preaching that to the team. We know that, right? That those there's, like, when we yeah. play West Ham again? Crucial, crucial game. If we uh, if we still do, I think we do. But um, you know, whatever you guys all get it. But Conte will will see a unique opportunity. So we'll say,
3: there's there's you're right. There's plenty of stuff out there. One other note from this match, though, I think I saw from Charlie Eccleshare uh, of the Athletic, forty percent of Manchester City's drop points this season. Come to Tottenham Hotspur. Forty percent of their dropped points in the league come to Spurs. That's bonkers. That tells you how good of a team this really is. That Spurs have now taken six full points. Off. Well, and I know have I... they
1: number. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: and I know.
5: <laughs> and I'm gonna... we, oh, go ahead. Sorry, we sorry. don't
1: show we don't show them the respect that I think a lot of teams do and you know get intimidated by the occasion and the depth of their squad like for you, some you reason it, with this team we just go for it
3: it's wild it's wild you say that caroline cuz you're spot on you're dead right but here's the other part of that if and this is i think where the whole Guardiola thing comes from how how is pep guardiola not figured out what exactly spurs are going to do because they've done it a number of fucking times. They did it earlier this year. They did it today. They did it in the Champions League a few years ago. They. It seems like every year Spurs go out and they just counterattack the shit out of a Pep Guardiola team. And I'm, I, I, look, I, I'm not trying to sit here and say Fraudiola, Fraudiola, because I don't think that. I think Pep Guardiola is a really damn good coach. I do. I think he's one of the best in the world. But how has he allowed Spurs to do this over and over again, Dakota?
0: Maybe because Two
2: words, down. Harry Kane. That's it. Uh, it's I mean, Harry Kane. Harry, it? No, Kane Kane oh, run, No, Hold on, no. listen. I know he rest. wasn't around. Listen, no, I know he wasn't around the first match. I know he wasn't around in the first match, and that was a total smash and grab, an absolute total smash and grab. But it, it's the it's the the way that Harry Kane plays, even when he's not around, it's like okay. How do we play this team knowing what they're going to do? Because Harry Kane, when he's in there, you know what he's going to do, but he still does it. And when he's not in there, we've got the pace to just kill them on the counter because they play so high. So if, if Pep wants to beat, beat us against the game that we're playing, he has to change his whole entire style. And the thing that Pep Guardiola is not going to do ever is change the way that he plays football.
4: So this it's, is my favourite bit. Okay, I can disagree with D, which is the best bit. 2016-17, I was there. Kane wasn't around for that game. And we actually beat Pep. We were the first team to beat Pep that season. Uh, I think the following year, I think, obviously, we, you know, we were in Wembley and we weren't doing that great. And 2018-19, um, I think Harry Kane went off injured in the Champions League for final. Didn't play in the reverse tie uh, at, at the Etihad. And Hurricane wasn't even around for that game. He was still you think it was the Bahamas of the Nuno game. So this is right. this is great. Because I love enjoy. I, I love the screen of the anyway. I, no,
3: I I'm gonna do it even more. I'm gonna go even further here because you called the first game a smash and grab. I know that a smash and grab is typically always classified as a one-nil victory where you know you didn't have the ball at all. Guess what? Today, despite it being a 3-2 victory, this was a smash and grab, too, because Spurs actually had the ball for less time than they did in the first game, possession-wise. And in the second half, okay, today in today's game, they had the ball for 29% of the time. In the second half, that number was a lot closer to 10% than it was 20%. I mean, in the second half, City dominated the ball. So despite it being a 3-2, I'm going to classify this as a smash and grab, too, even though Harry Kane was in the lineup. It Hurricane is definitely a difference maker, don't get me wrong, but this is more about City just opening themselves up to what Spurs are going to do against them. Guardiola has not changed his strategy.
1: I don't I think, think you can call uh, it a smash and grab, though, if you look at how efficient we were with the chances that we got
3: but that's what I, you I have to be in a smash and grab too you have to be no a no 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 with... a
1: and to me a smash and grab is like you got lucky one time
3: i, I <laughs> that's, hear you that's i'm the not way i've always look, understood it look i get i get criticized enough from our listeners for classifying things as they shouldn't be uh whether it be <laughs> franchises or, or 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 clubs or 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 smash and grabs that aren't one nils i get what you're saying i'm just saying the the, the pace of this game and the and the way that it went you know, it, it was less reliant on Harry Kane being there and scoring three goals, which obviously is a stupid thing to say. He scored two of them. But my point is, it's it's more about the way that City continue to play against us. It's like, you know what we're going to do, Pep. Try something a little different. But nah, I'm just going think- to play a high line and, you know, not leave anybody back to stop this counterattack that's bound to He's come my He's had the
4: blind spot before, though. I- He's had the blind spot before. You look at the Inter, Inter Milan game. Where mm-hmm. Mourinho fame said, "We're not going to have the we're not going to have the ball for very long, and we'll still manage to get the win out." And they did. Um, you know, um, uh, Inter did that to them. Chelsea famously did that, unfortunately, to them. Um, two years later, there are teams that, if there, everything has to, a lot of things have to go right, for that to happen. But ultimately, it's the same things that he didn't have the striker up front to. To cross the ball into, which again it's that, that, that's that blind spot he has. He's always struggled to use like a power centre forward. Yeah, but yeah, for Barcelona, and and now City because he hasn't been able to get one. But I think it's just a blind spot. I think yeah. I'm not saying it will always work because like if that all work, always works against Pep Guardiola, every team would play exactly like the way we did yep. to try and actually beat them. So I don't. I think it's just a case of it's the right set of circumstances happening at the right time and it kind of works out in our favor It's not always going to work because yeah you, know, you I'm sure, I, don't, I don't know who i don't know who they play next or something i think they could you know they're not going to have to have that same opportunity i think the right services, services happened, and i think the burn is it burnley they play next and we, we play burnley next
3: yeah we play burnley
4: i'm saying city i don't know who they play next they after. play I everton I don't, really play. I don't but i'm just it's not a city
3: that, podcast doesn't matter
4: i hear you but i'm saying what I'm saying is, the right-sized circumstances have to happen for us to do that. And as yeah. like I said, he's, he's, its not just—it's not just us. He's had form for this against Inter. He had this um, in that semi-final against Chelsea. Again, he had this. You know, there are times which he just there's a block. I, I can't remember. I think it's—I think when he was when he was at Bayern Munich, I think the same thing happened again um, when when they went out to Atletico Madrid in 2016 or something. If you can be well, organized, the thing, the, it sounds like
2: the right amount of circumstances have happened for Spurs when Mauricio Pochettino has been manager, when Jose yeah. Mourinho has been manager, when Nuno Espirito Santo has been manager, and now Antonio Conte has been manager.
1: So, what's it, the common denominator here, guys? It's bogeyman. It's that we have it's no, it's that we have Kane and Son. I I genuinely think it's because we have two players up top in Kane and son that no other team in the league yes. has. I, you could say Liverpool are probably of equal. Yeah, but you know, Liverpool
3: are going to be able to give them a but, game in, with but more possession. Manchester
1: City doesn't allow Liverpool to play the kind of game that we played today because they take them seriously. So it kind of is on Pep that they don't take Spurs seriously over and over. And, you know. That's their that's problem. We beat them twice. That's what I'm saying, I, I ability, what I'm saying.
3: But... and the fact that Spurs have Kane and Son to be able to play this type of game, that's the like you said, that is the the dominant factor in this. And if if Guardiola is just gonna continue to do what he does, Spurs are just gonna continue to use the really good counter attacking players that they have. Look Honestly,
4: Honestly, yeah. with, with that to them as well. That that season when I think they went on, they got 100 point plus points that year or something. Liverpool the only team to really figure out how to beat them because they had that pace. And if you can use that pace effectively, it works brilliantly. Anyone anyone can have pace, but it's how effectively you use it. And in this today, I mean, Kane and Son, I mean, they linked up absolutely beautifully. And I think you've shown that if you play a very high line, if you can play that pass through the lines, which Kane was so effectively able to do, they really struggled. And I think, yeah, I mean, if, if Kuliszewski was just a little bit faster, you know, he might have, you know, gone ratched onto a few more, you know, a few more chances, and he might have it at speed. But like I said, pace is the one thing you can't really counter against, really, because it's so difficult to counter against that. And you can try and you can try, but I think effective use of pace has been an Achilles heel for Pep Barrio, but it's been an effective heel for many effective... Um, Oh, so it's been a problem for many managers, not just Pep. But for whatever reason, he wasn't able to accommodate or get around it. And you know what? That, you know, that, that, that's why he's I know. And, and I've said this many times. The reason I'm calling Fraudiola is ultimately you. I've always said this. A chef, a top chef. Yes, they can cook fillets. Yep. Yeah, they can cook pig's feet. They can cook trotters. They can cook. And here, show me how good you are of that. And they have To be told very hard to cook. Because you can drive very quickly, but that aside, it's it's the having the skill to do that. And I think Conte. I mean, people say yes, he was a manager of Juve. He, he was also manager of Inter. But I think he was also. I mean, before he became Juve manager, I think he, yeah, he actually had to cut his teeth at the lower at the lower levels, and he had to fight and grasp. Whereas I honestly think Pep Guardiola, he doesn't know how to coach out of adversity he's always had all the advantages and there's that blind spot where you have to be you know like as you know as andrew said about that um shithauser or something it's it's turning into a street fight kind of thing which sounds really bad but it is If you if you look at say Shuan lennon versus roberta duran duran turned into a street fight that's how he's able to beat him it, it's um, yeah.
3: no you're, you're you're right you're right Chuban it's the theory of what do you do when you get punched in the mouth you can go in there with all the all the right intentions but but what happens the first time you get punched in the mouth and the thing about city is they're so talented and they have all the advantages that you're speaking of they can go out and buy any player they want and have a 100 million dollar jack Grealish not even playing right now and still be able to bring players um, you know, off the bench, you know, you know, players like Riyad Mahrez, who, who at times can, can be dominant. Uh, and we've seen that, I mean, th- they can do that kind of thing and still have every advantage, but it's what happens when you get punt. what happens when a team punches back? Think about city is they punch back multiple times a day. Spurs were able to have one last punch. The penalty is one of those things that is unfortunate and Caroline and I almost came to blows earlier before we started recording about this. I thought it was a bang-on penalty. I thought it was a clear penalty. It's unfortunate, but you can't have your hand or your arm above your head and have the ball, you know, get knocked into it. It's not, you know, that's just one of those things is, is going to happen, and it was unfortunate for me. But Caroline, you disagreed. You you didn't think You didn't think that should have been a penalty or at least a, a clear and obvious error caught by VAR, right?
1: Yeah, that's the big thing is that I didn't think it was a decision or lack of decision that needed to be turned over because I think you can still argue that he, A, he was falling and, B, he was trying to protect his face. Um, so, yeah, for me, it wasn't a penalty, but it happens.
3: Scott, what did you think of the penalty? Because I, like I said, I think in that scenario, when you especially when you see it like you see it on VAR, thought Anthony Taylor's always going to call that, you know, we saw he took one look at it and was like, "Oh yeah, that you're right, that's a penalty."
5: I don't know, man. I think <laughs> well, that's good for a podcast. <laughs> well, the the reason I say that is I don't think that it should be a penalty. I understand why it could be considered one, but I just think it begs it begs a bigger question. And and I know Cat has some pretty strong opinions on this. So I pass it to her. Too. I was gonna say
3: Cat. Cat looks but, like she's like chomping at the bit to jump in. But,
5: but before I pass it to her, I will just say that I'm a little bit confused as to like why there was this um, rule adjustment after the Champions League final because it just kind of feels like a very similar situation. Mm, I wonder. So, I wonder so, why. I mean, you know, we can all we can always speculate <laughs> as to why, right? But. Um, Honestly, though, I mean, it, it, it feels like a very similar situation to, to when that rule change would be applicable, right? So, But honestly, every handball is just a shit show of a call anyway, so you never know. There's always going to be subjectivity involved in a handball call at this point. Um, you can always justify whatever decisions made, so who the fuck knows? I don't know, Kat.
0: I don't know. I feel like if if he had his arms out away from his body and the ball hit his hands like i would have been like okay that's a penalty like whatever like give it to them all day long it's a penalty he was legitimately trying to prevent his own body like he was holding his arms in front of himself like either either way it, that ball would have either hit his chest or it would have hit his face so he just put his arms in front of him to block basically just having full-on face contact or concoction or something regardless of how much that speed was coming at like that ball was coming at so i of course like the handball rule like i just feel like fifa has a thing against tottenham when it comes to <laughs> that kind of situation and um i mean that's that's a conversation for another day obviously we can have a whole podcast about that because you know conspiracy and and football that's that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast on its own yeah. but i personally don't think it was a handball penalty i personally don't think it was a penalty however they called it a penalty and i am very 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 proud of how the boys reacted after that
3: yeah and that's Amen. and that's, and that's kind of what what we have left to to do this you know we've We've been a while recapping this game, nearly an hour already. I mean, because <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, obviously, and it's a big deal. But the last one is 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 the one, and it's funny. Spurs made a sub, subbing uh, Davis Sanchez for Ryan Sessegnon, and to me, that wasn't. Um, they mentioned in the broadcast. Okay, well, Ben Davis is now the left wing back. It's like, nah, that dude's still the left center back. They're just packing in four center backs uh on onto the pitch right now. That's all they're doing. Um and I was like, okay, we're we're gonna get a point at the F yeah. That's that's a good result. And then all of a sudden, boom, uh Harry Kane flies over top of Kyle Walker and just bosses him, just spikes it on him um after a really good cross from Krom in one of the moments where he actually did sprint after the ball and get down and and, make and something happen. And stayed on side. And stayed on side barely, which was was, was brilliant. Um I, I guess, like I said, I think the, the moment for me, Dakota, is when Kyle, uh, Harry Kane just dunks on on Kyle Walker. Uh, and and that was just awesome for me. I loved watching that. It was great. Just I big know It made skills. him
0: miss Tottenham. It most certainly made him miss Tottenham. I could tell in his face. He was looking at us and he was just like, I miss those goddamn Spurs, you know. <laughs>
5: dude cost himself a champions league final appearance
3: well i don't know maybe kieran trippier's starting over him anyway at that point Uh, Uh,
1: can i also add that with talking about the kind of curious substitution of sanchez for sesan this could be a case of conte getting one over on pep here because man city i think did kind of let their guard down a little thinking that we weren't going for the win you know
5: yeah.
3: Good call. Yeah, I mean I, I certainly didn't. I was like, Yeah, pack it in, boys. Let's go. Let's get this point and get the hell out of there. What a what a good result. What a what a good Saturday afternoon to come home to Spurs actually, you know, ending this losing run. And um, you know, what a what a job done. But yeah, the the Kyle Walker of it all certainly I think was my favorite, maybe my favorite part of the match, honestly. And then the the kind of continued shithousery that had to come in the moments after, where there were still going to be a few minutes added because of uh all of the all of the hullabaloo. But um, I, I think also the the coolest part was seeing just the reaction that Kane had scoring twice in that away end with the away fans yeah. who, who I was like I a ton have- of credit.
0: I woke up and I dreamt of a Harry Kane hat-trick, to be honest with you. I, t- uh, Scott. I got to the state, to the game at the bar, and I was like, Harry Kane is going to have his hat-trick. It's going to happen today. With a- <laughs> and you got two goals disallowed or one goal disallowed, either way. But I, I knew it, and I called it before that last goal, and... Um everyone at the bar was really happy because I called
1: it right before it happened so spiritually yes. it was a hat trick
3: yeah two exactly. two of them counted but he did put three in the back of the net um and just the 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 finishing both the finishing, oh, both, the finishing on both amazing. the goals just just oh, so damn good
5: outstanding it, yeah. it 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 really was and i a hurricane masterclass is what you can call it today yeah. to be yeah. honest yeah. 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 i like, think we had like two chances and we beat city by scoring four goals or something. Like, I don't even know how it happened. Right. Um, and, and as, as Mac Dak has put in the chat and, and I will give him credit for that. We did have a higher non-penalty XG, which is surprising to me. I do know my XG, even though I, yeah, you're a big, you're a big XG guy for sure. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't really care about wins or losses, but who should have won is what I'm very interested in. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but God, sorry, sorry, love you guys. But no, honestly, we did have a higher non pen XG. Thank you, Dakota. That's very surprising to me. Um, but massive credit to Tottenham because City had a lot of the ball. I don't even care what the stats were, like, I just know I was shitting myself at the bar for most of the game because they had the ball around the box. Um, st- you know, the eye test there, right? <laughs> it was nervy, but Spurs did a really good job. Um, evident of the fact that we had a higher non-penalty XG against a team who had like all of the ball, in my opinion. Um, Yeah. So good job to Conte. Good job to Tottenham. Um, Huge fucking win.
3: I I think that, um, you know, while city did have a lot of the ball, 71% is the number I saw, um, which you very, it's pretty rare. You see a premier league team get 70% or more of the ball. Normally the numbers, the high numbers are in the upper sixties. But it's, I think that their goal was only their second shot on target their first goal like in that first half for for a good bit of it the first 30 or 35 minutes i don't think they had a shot on target so that's a big part of of the the lowered xg number for them as well because spurs took more advantage of their fewer chances and fewer possession but city for for a long while had a lot of the ball weren't doing a lot with it and that's a credit to um to your king eric dyer and and the job that that spurs were just able to do defensively overall i think that was it was was really just clutch but yeah that between the first and second matches it's a it's a double over city guys um this is I, it's it's a joy it's 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 a pleasure it's a pleasure doing business with you tottenham Hotspur. what a saturday um they'll return to action against burnley on wednesday and then Leeds next saturday and yeah let's go get you know go go get this fourth place because it's there for the taking spurs sit on on 39 points They're three three back of west ham for fifth and arsenal for sixth uh both of them on on 42 and then united have 43 sitting in fourth and uh games in hand on both west ham and man united and then obviously it's still game game to play uh with the cowardice arsenal who you know had to have their 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 matchup with us rescheduled for, for quote unquote reasons. But um, guys, before we got to this match here on a Saturday, a lot of shit went down with Tottenham Hotspur this week, um, mostly because of an interview that Antonio Conte did in with Italian media. And it's, it's sparked this whole, this whole damn thing this week on, on the internet. And the fact that before this match spurs, you know, we're coming off of three straight defeats and then dealt with the media week, that they did i thought we should just spend a, a minute or two talking about the week that was and i know dakota you and i were were on the bird app a lot this week which is a regrettable decision i think i can speak for both of us when i say when, when things are not going well for tottenham don't get on the internet and and read what people have to say about tottenham because mostly it's tottenham fans being self-loathing and being um frankly assholes uh I, I think i can say that like tottenham fans were just being a bunch of jerks this week and they blew a lot of stuff out of proportion they misread or or misinterpreted perhaps perhaps there's a language thing but they misread a lot of of quotes from antonio conte and fans got kind of nasty and i know you know <sighs> there was a lot of what I like to call gatekeeping among Spurs fans this week that the Dakota, you, I know you're not going to sit here and, and complain about it or say anything about it. Cause it mostly happened to you. I saw it and it was, it was kind of jacked and it was kind of effed up. And I just wanted to say, you didn't deserve that. And no one deserves that. Um but I don't know, man. And end of rant. T- Dakota, what what did you have to say about everything that went down this week? Um, and we'll just kind of try and run through everybody and have their 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 short say on it because I don't I don't think we should go too long on this. I think it's it's something that I think got mostly blown out of proportion. Am I wrong?
2: Totally. Um, I think that's kind of the the takeaway from this week, um, especially from one day to the next of having a full context of something which. You know, my, my conversations had nothing to do with Antonio Conte, his, his interview at all. Um, it was more people's perceptions uh, of... <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it was the entire or, assholery of, me, of, of, uh, of
3: Spurs that was taking over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you don't, especially on the internet, you don't know who you're talking to. Um, just because someone hasn't been following a team as long as you doesn't mean that they don't know as much uh, about the sport as you. Um, And truth be told, none of us actually know anything about any of these teams we follow because we're not on the inside. So acting like you do um, is false uh, because you don't, uh, unless you have a badge that lets you into the building. We know the same amount of stuff, regardless of how many times your heart has been broken uh, by spurs. So I think just yeah. Keep in mind that we're I'm a human, you're a human, we're all humans, and uh, this place can be a little bit more bearable day to day if we're nice to each other. So uh, let's keep that in mind. Let's let's be humans to each other moving forward, uh, regardless of what our perceptions, are, people's knowledge or experience, or even the things that we can see about them let's uh just embrace one another as human beings and welcome one another to this crazy space
3: yeah i i think that's really well said dakota i mean caroline i know you're you're very kind of online too and saw a lot of, of this going on that's not i don't mean that as an insult trust me that, i think you i i should have said you're in touch you're very you're very in touch with this stuff i mean what the hell happened this week on, yeah on, on 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 Spurs in Spurs land like what was all that
1: I'll be the first to admit that I'm chronically online and I mean chronically um, this this week I actually was consciously trying to avoid Spurs Twitter just because of the negativity Of course I went into figure skating Twitter instead and that was also a depressing situation if you know what's been going on with that <laughs> but it, it did get me thinking though, that I've had a very different experience when it comes to Spurs women fans. I feel like people who are really diehard fans about the women's team, they are so accepting of new fans. I think because there's this perception that, you know, the women's game still needs a lot more exposure than it has right now. But I do think it's great that within that space, people try to be really welcoming. Um, not, Not just on like a baseline level of like when you become a fan, but who you are um it's just a really welcoming space to be in so i wish that the men's fans could kind of bring some more of that energy um into their interactions as well
3: i think that's really well said and i think that that is a, a testament to why women are simply nicer than men um and better than men let's just be honest with that and i can i can confidently say that with with two lovely women on the podcast right now um shuban do you have anything else to say about this conte thing that happened this week i mean it was it felt like it felt like a lesson
4: translation situation i didn't give a shit at all about it i just i didn't
3: really either man that's what i'm saying it was kind of like
4: i know i know i should say like oh i'm really cared. i'm like to be totally fair i only came back in the country last sunday so yeah i was still getting my bearings but in all honesty i could not really give a shit and honestly when twitter goes on and there's two and front i'm like i i don't even have to do the popcorn i'm like fuck it do you know what i got back today with my time. I'm sorry. I'm... I
3: I totally feel that and and take it to heart. I, and it's something I should have done more this week. I think I felt like I did kind of check out of this Conte story, or at least attempted to. And it, it's something I even could have gotten to more of a place in doing. Because I agree, man. It, I think it's one of those things that we all kind of blew out of proportion and we shouldn't have really given a shit about. But it, it, we all kind of, for the most part, did. Scott, were, were, were you... As like blown away by this thing as everyone else, or was it? Are you more in Schubanz camp too? Like, who gives a shit?
5: Oh uh, yeah, man i i I think I was very much so on the quite disengaged spectrum of this whole thing, right? If there were such a thing. But um the big the biggest thing about this is I'm so glad Conte came out and said, "Why does the English media have a history of separating club?" and manager at tottenham it's fucking weird it's kind of his paraphrasing of that right stop and then the the biggest issue here and i'll just say this and you guys have heard me gripe about this on every episode the english media spin shit you have all these twitter accounts who walk clicks and likes and follows who just perpetuate shit with hundreds of thousands of followers or thousands of tens of thousands right They perpetuate the shit. They get on a YouTube channel with hundreds of thousands of followers, which is good for them. I I credit their hard work, but they perpetuate the shit. They spend it out of proportion. Somebody else tells their buddy. And it, it literally, like, what we see on social media is not an inaccurate perception of what's happening, but the fans are creating what is happening, right? Like, And it does all circle back and feed itself. And I think that's what Conte was saying. So... I don't know, man. It's, it's a, it's a very losing battle at this point. I don't really know how to, how to, how, how to stop it. Right. But the media in England separates fans from, from club and manager from, from board. And then all these fans on social media perpetuate it and it creates chaos. Right. So just separate yourself from it. The more people do that, I think the more we'll see this start stuff start, start to stop happening. But I, can also never say with any confidence that this will ever stop, right? It's kind I, of part of sports now.
3: I have been truly shocked at the amount of and this is a very Americanized term, so I'll apologize to to not only Shuban, who's probably not gonna get this, but also our, our foreign listeners. But the first takeification of the British media this week that I saw over this Conte thing, like it was straight out of, of you know hot click debate show espn in the in the late mornings territory um it was all they were doing it was stephen a smith yelling at max kellerman or skip bayless yelling uh for whatever the hell tv show he does now on a different network like it was the the everyone just has to have an opinion on this thing and i get that that's what sells papers or creates tv ratings um but god these all of these opinions just seem to truly it's it's like the old expression opinions are like assholes everyone has one and they all stink (sighs) um uh, it's just that is all that i saw from british media this week about this story and it's like i don't care what what ex-former player had to say or why analyst thinks about this i just want to let this thing play out and see where it goes and I guess this is like, this is my time to get fired up about this thing. That's that, that was the most frustrating part. It wasn't even, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the reactions to it and the shares and the likes that were all, all of Spurs Twitter is in a, in, in a hissy fit about this thing. But like, eventually I just want to get to a point where I watch sports to watch them and to enjoy the ride and not have to predict everything and not have to know what's going to happen this summer ahead of time. I'll I'll hopefully live to this summer and see it myself. Like, that's, that's the world i live in like i don't need to have everyone's opinion on what they think will happen let it play out and let's see what happens
5: you i'm oh sorry go ahead caroline
1: oh i was just gonna say that it would be nice if the transfer windows could actually be limited to that space and time and not be this like endless kind of like political cycles you know it's like it never ends yeah it's like one week, win, one week without you... a transfer rumor please <laughs>
3: Yeah, once you win, once you win a congressional seat, you immediately start campaigning to win it again in, in another two years. It is kind of like yeah. the transfer window. Once I, the don't transfer window be, programs, I don't want to be, I don't want to about
1: if Conte is leaving in the summer. Like we still have like several months until the summer. Let's chill. Yeah, be patient.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Caroline, yes, actually, you, have, you have big time. This wants
1: next
0: week. He ain't leaving. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Caroline, you have you have big time. One regular day of Barclays. That's all I ask yeah that's hey, hey, yes exactly. Right <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's how
1: I relate to Conte. <laughs> that
2: is kind of the vibes there for
3: sure. I mean, guys, I I don't know what else there's to say. We probably didn't address this like many other spurred po- first podcasts are gonna address this thing this week. um and and hopefully that's a good thing because I really think that this thing is just mostly a a, a big like nothing burger with a turd in the middle of it. Like that's all this thing was this week to me. Um, And I'm glad that we all kind of mostly agree and are not doing the, the freak out media and the, you know, not that we're media, but I think you guys know what I mean. We're not doing the, the, the big banner headline and Oh my gosh, spurs in crisis. Like this whole thing to me is a, is an internal thing. And I think it's, I think Conte's reaction to it as well was, was proper. You know, he's, he's kind of baffled as to how, This kind of and there's certain journalists that I could certainly call out that 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 perpetuate this stuff. I'm not going to because it's not my place. But like he kind of was accusatory toward the media, and I'm the you guys know me. I'm the last person to be like taking down the media. But his his little takedown of it this week, and kind of wondering what the hell's going on, and being weirded out that he can't do, you know, that the club has now asked him not to do interviews with Italian media, like. All of that's very, very strange. and the fact that it's gotten to a place like this where we can't just have stuff translated properly and maybe wait for a few days to get a little more context. Um, I, I don't well, know
5: and and I think what, what real quick to uh, to your point a second ago, Andrew, and you know, Dakota speaks about these kind of things, expectations with the club and the board and and having good expectations of where we're at right now and the and the progress and the plan there, right? because i i was having a good conversation with a buddy of mine who's you know 20 plus years Spurs fan and we were he was talking about the the false hope that he always had prior to the Champions League runs under potch right and now all this false expectation that we have and he was like the false hope was so much better he was like the false <laughs> hope was so enjoyable i went to the bar And just thought, what if, you know, and then all of a sudden the what if started to happen. And he was like, it was all that false hope that was made me so happy. And these false expectations make me like angry when I'm watching Tottenham, you know. And so I think like what I'm uh, there's a point to my rant here, which is I don't want us to not be successful. But as fans, let's find a way to like think about that, you know. And disenjoy the football. To your point, Andrew. Right? Like we have to just enjoy the football. Otherwise, what the fuck are we even doing? Like, one uh, team can win out of like 100 in the English football league. I know? think you're yeah, spot
3: on, Scotty. And I think I think a big part of that is like the microcosm of that is what we saw today. It, going into a match where we there were no real expectations and just enjoying the football, and then getting a you know a surprising victory
5: out of it. Yeah. No doubt, Shivan, I know you were there for the for the false hope years, right?
4: Oh, God. I'm still there now. But, um, <laughs> but, um, no, for me, here's, here's, here's my take on this. I think you got a lot of fans. I'm very lucky that, um, yeah, you know, I basically managed to make a whole from yeah, you especially know, obviously in the US and North America. I've managed, and apart from D, I I've managed to make a whole lot bunch of really good people. But, um, do you know what I mean? I'm very lucky and I get that and I get that as a benefit. Whereas I don't think a lot of people get that. And so for me, Tottenham has just been about making, I, mean, I made a shit ton of friends from, you know, you know, the, I I probably speak to more to you guys than I do to people in my, into people in my own country. Do you know what I mean?
3: Oh man, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry. For, I'm sorry for, sorry for you for
4: that. <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it's just the fact that I, I actually get that personal benefit, so I don't see a problem with it. But there are some guys who just, look, there are wankers in, in every single fandom. Do you know what I mean? You're going to find that. Ultimately, it's just about, do you enjoy life? Do you enjoy the game? And you know what? It's like, today, honestly, I was—I could have skipped the game because I thought, shit, I've got a ton of cooking to do. I ain't got a time. I thought, we're going to probably lose anyway. But I thought, my honestly, my reason was, I want to be able to chat, chat with my mates on the pod, so I've about to watch the game anyway. And if we lose, we lose, If we, you know, and it's unlikely we're going to win, but thankfully we've got to win. But I said, I mean, that's why this whole Conte thing about, I have no idea what he said. I honestly don't care. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's something, something new will come out and they'll be like, Oh, Spurs, there's, there's an agenda against Spurs, you know, Spurs and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, is there, maybe there is, maybe there's, I don't really care. Do you know what? I'm not, I'm not into conspiracy theories. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, my only my conspiracy theory is basically VAR is whatever Liverpool, Man U, or Man City wants. And that's it. That's as much the conspiracy theories I get. So, sorry.
3: Well, Suban, I'm glad that you decided to watch the game today. I'm glad that you decided to podcast with us in the middle of the night. What is it? It's damn near 3 a.m. where you are? It's
4: almost, it's almost 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, this I minute, we got to... and then I wake up. And that was it.
3: Well, Shuban's starting to look sleepy and the rest of us are are going to be that way in in another few hours. But uh I'm glad that, that you were able to to pod with us on this one, especially being that it is in the middle of the night. hell, you were you were traveling, you, you sent us something uh you know, some audio, uh did, did did some podding with us in the middle of the night a few weeks ago when you were traveling and now you're doing it again and it's just um it's a beautiful thing, mate, and and we th- you I think you said it. You watched the game today and wanted to enjoy the game so you could have a chat with your mates, and that's what we've all done here, um, and that's kind of what we we're trying to build here at the Tottenham Depot is that community where we can just you, you can put us in your ears and and have a chat with your mates and and listen to the conversation that we have, and it's it's what we appreciate uh, all of you interacting with us on on the socials for as well. Uh, at Tottenham Depot is where you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. For Kat, who is at Africa Spurs, for Scott, who is at DSM Spurs, at Shuban, for, for Shuban, at the real Shuban, Caroline is at CG Stefco, and Dakota is at Dakota J Booth. I am at Astetka. I think I got all of those in. Mm. Uh, We're going to be back with you guys next weekend following two matches. Uh, Spurs play Burnley, as I mentioned, on Wednesday this week, and then they travel to Leeds as well. The Burnley game is the rescheduled one, correct? The the snowed out one. So we're sticking one in the midweek here. um, And then uh, then Leeds next Saturday. So we'll be back next weekend to talk about those two matches uh, and carry you through another week of lovely tottenham hotspur goodness hopefully less eventful than this past week with all the the conte bs but um
0: you until, win. let's go <laughs>
3: two more wins let's go get them six more points and and that chase for fourth and it should be fun uh this has been a fun one be sure to rate and review leave us uh, a little love on the socials again at tottenham depot until next weekend i have been your host andrew as always come on you spurs
2: thank you so much for stopping by the tottenham depot Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well
3: to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club,
2: and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on you Spurs.